Welcome to the Fantastic Podcast, where we believe that through books and banter, all is possible. I'm Steph, aka Ideally Inspired Reviews on Instagram, and I'm joined by... I'm Ava of Imaginavative on Instagram. Today's episode, we are going to be talking about one of my favorite authors ever. That was ever, intense. Ever. Well, I mean, honestly... Like, I, I'm obsessed with her. Uh, but <laughs> one of my favorite, all-time favorite authors, but of course, especially one of the historical romance queens, Lisa Claypaz. Love her. So for anybody who does not know, she is the very prolific author of many series Um, But we will primarily be discussing the Wallflowers, Hathaways, and Ravenels series. So if you don't want spoilers, then I don't know if I would tune into this episode until you've had a chance (laughs) to read them. Um, Or... said... Oh, no, go ahead. No, no, I was going to say, or if you you need a motivation to read them, then I guess just know... Proceed with caution. Obviously, we will be talking about spoilers, but... (laughs) We will. I will... I mean, to be fair, listen, they are romance, which means that they do follow the romance structure. So while there are, like, plot twists that would be spoilers, the spoilers aren't like, so-and-so get together. If so-and-so are on the back of the book together, then they... They, they get together because that's how romance works, which is so lovely and it, that we right, get to Right, like, it goes without that. saying. Happily yeah. ever after are guaranteed. Yes. That's it. Yes. That, that's what you can expect. Spoiler alert. <laughs> um, yeah. But, you know, even if, even if you do listen to this and you do get spoiled, we still encourage you to go back and just really seep yourself into the worlds that she creates because those books are, they're just so freaking good. Now that I'm thinking about them, I actually haven't thought about Lisa Claypass since I did a big binge of her books in back in January. Um, and so I haven't really had her on the brain since then. But now that I do, I'm like, shit, I just want to go back and reread. <laughs> I don't want to read anything else now. Ugh. Okay, <laughs> it's fine. As per usual. As per usual, I'm stuck in like rereading mode and therefore behind the times on everything. But what else is new? All right, so without further ado, Steph, can you give us a little bit of background on your introduction to Lisa Claypass? Like, how did you find out about her books? Which book did you start with? Um, and when did you begin reading them? Um, I want to say, I'm, I'm fairly certain that the first Lisa Claypass book that I ever read was the first Wallflowers book. Well, technically, the prequel air quotes prequel um with uh marcus's sister but um that was my first i don't remember like year like when it was because i don't even know when those books came out but like i know that it was very early in my romance reading journey um i i feel like roman uh historical romance has been one of those um steady and reliable <laughs> genres <laughs> my entire life obviously they're known as bodice rippers uh not like your your mama smut like that kind of thing because it's always <laughs> oh it's it's, it's the but i mean like that's that's like when i grew up that's that's what they were known as because of course these were the ones that you could find in the book section at the grocery store 
Um, so for me, I have always, it's not been a stigma because I grew up in the age of Fabio and like where Fabio was on like every freaking historical romance cover known to man. Um, but yeah, so I want to say that I started with the Wallflower series and um, I like didn't read them uh, like as they were all coming out for sure. Um, I feel like I kind of like dropped off reading. I think this is like maybe like in my college days, I kind of like dropped off reading a little bit. And then when I came back to Lisa, ironically, um, someone had recommended her contemporary book to me. And I like went to read it and I was like, mm, mm, this is not the Lisa Claypus. I know, <laughs> not to say that it's bad. Like I know that there are some people who love her contemporary, but like, I'm like, mm, this is like literally like as if like, I think if Sarah J Maas were to write contemporary and like, you're like, oh, but where, where's the magic? Where's the fae? Cause you're just, that's what you, you know her to write. And right. that's, that's, that's the vibe with Lisa Claypaw. So I started with wallflowers and never looked back from there. Um, especially like once after I read the contemporary and I was like, no, 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 we're going to go back to historical. <laughs> I never not looked back. So what about you, darling Ava? Well, in a twist that will surprise literally nobody, <laughs> uh, Steph was the one who got me into Lisa Claypass. Um, I was not a huge historical romance reader prior to the pandemic. It's funny because I feel like the pandemic was really a turning point for my romance. I kind of had like my authors that I would definitely stick to and like I knew that I enjoyed it, but I definitely did not become a prolific romance reader until the pandemic um and that suddenly became the only thing that I wanted to read and so stuff was of course like read Lisa Claypass and yes I, I will bully everyone she will. I will literally and frankly I will fight you she's right you are right to do so that's right like I'm just gonna as, save that sound bite and, and just like play it all the time yeah for everything because you're it's true <laughs> um, Stephanie's right <laughs> Stephanie's correct and that is it's the word of God um that's it that's the scripture. So yeah, I mean, she was right. I made the mistake of reading, not the mistake because they're, they're good. They're just, in my opinion, not as good. Um, but I made the mistake of reading the Bridgerton books before I read Lisa Claypass. And again, not the mistake, they are good, but I feel like with the Bridgerton books, there's what, seven of them or maybe eight. And I would say that maybe two or three of them really stood out to me as like, oh no, I definitely enjoyed this. Which again, wasn't to say that they were bad books, but they typically toggled around like a three-star read for me. And so I was like, maybe the genre just isn't for me. Um, and then Steph kept pressuring me and bullying me into, you know, picking up Lisa Clay Pass. So one day I did and I... I think I was I randomly stopped into Barnes and Noble because I was killing time and I saw um, Secrets of a Summer Night, which is the first Wallflowers book. And I saw it on the shelf and I was like, yeah, OK, this is the series that she's been bothering me about for a while. I'll do it. Um, I picked it up. I also got a um, a book about James Baldwin, I think his biography. And then I also got a book for my dad about like health Um and I brought it up to the cashier and he was like very confused 
Um, extremely confused about all of my reading tastes, but it's fine. Uh, purchased it, read it, and again, I really liked it. That one was like a four-star read for me, but I was like, Steph, I'm not really sure if I understand why you're so deeply obsessed with Lisa Claypass. And she was like, get to the second book. And so Keep I did, going. which is, <laughs> it happened one autumn, and I was like, oh Ugh, my god. And then crap. I got to Devil in Winter, and then I was like, oh my Sebastian. god, oh my god. <laughs> what is it about Sebastian? <laughs> yeah. Sebastian Stan. Sebastian Ugh. Like, I don't Seriously, get it. Seriously, I was like, that, I that, name, that name needs <sighs> to be legal. It needs to go to sexy jail because Except they're all for so the lobster and the little mermaid. Um, well, speak for yourself. Just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> There's something in no wonder. I know you said water boys, but water I didn't boys. know. Water boys. <laughs> really meant water boys. <laughs> crustaceans eh okay <laughs> fine look to each their own this is a no judgment zone uh, i mean mild judgment but <laughs> okay, okay wow that took a turn a fucking Catherine moon fan you get out of here with your judgment. i'm not fucking crustaceans though <laughs> Like, oh my god! I mean, I guess Lord. technically does like Therian count because he's like he's got like fins. Uh, and Therian shit, does so. not count. He's not a fucking not crustacean. as a crustacean. I just mean, <laughs> I just mean as a water beast, you know. Oh my god! Anyways, he's okay, this beast, is taking though. a turn. This wow. Is... Okay, <laughs> okay, back to uh, everything. Back to the back safe to... space. Uh... Lord. <laughs> um. Yeah. So. <laughs> I I enjoyed Secrets of a Summer Night. I really did think it was good. It was definitely interesting enough where I was like, oh, I'm going to continue with this world for sure. But then it happened one autumn and um, The Devil in Winter definitely just like solidified my love. There's something about her books that's like super poignant. They're so easy and readable. I never feel like I'm being bogged down by the historical accuracy or anything. I also, you know, it's 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 quite a quite a trip how... Oh gosh, I don't want to say this because this is going to make it sound bad, but the truth of the matter is that I get sometimes irritated by some historical romance because I just have no interest in reading about scenarios where the context is that like women have like zero power. Um, and that's like the world that they know. And obviously, unfortunately, that was the reality. And I just prefer when my authors like suspend that reality and go, we're going to give this a feminist twist. It's going to have feminist flavor. And so even though the men are like technically in charge and like at this point, women are still property, basically, um, you never get those vibes with Lisa Claypass at all. Um, it very much, they're actually like quite respectful and consent gets discussed quite a bit. Um, and then on top of that, they're just like clever. Like I found myself, I literally find myself laughing out loud at these books sometimes, which is not really something that I can say happens to me with a lot of books. Like, you know how when you'll come across a scene and you'll know internally, like, oh, the author was trying to be funny there. And like, that is funny. But like, if someone was looking at you, they'd just see your like stone cold bitch face. Um, Lisa Claypass is one of those authors who genuinely makes me laugh. So this was a long roundabout way for me to say, I started reading her books about a year ago because stuff bullied me and can't stop, won't stop. So... Yeah. 
Um, so we have three primary series that we're working with, the Wallflowers series, the Hathaways series, and the Ravenels, which kind of combines the Hathaways and the Wallflowers a little bit. Um, Steph, let's rank the three. Which of the series is your favorite? Oh, that's really difficult because technically oh my the God, Wallflowers <laughs> the Wallflower series and the Hathaway series, I feel well, at least the Wallflower series doesn't have as many books, but in theory, Wallflowers, Hathaways, Ravenels kind of are incestuous in a way. Like, you know what I mean? Like the series are, they kind of bleed together. So like it, it, it's hard to pick the one without also considering the other because the characters are making appearances in other books in the other series. So I would say that I, I love the wallflower series. I think that because that's like the OG series for me, Mm -hmm. my knee jerk reaction would be wallflowers. But I think as far as like consistency, like where like if I go to reread, I don't want to like skim or skip books. I would say the Ravenel series because I think that like start to finish with like the most recent book that just came out last year. That was the last one technically in the Ravenel like era. Like I feel like those <laughs> were the most enjoyable. Like I don't I don't think that I've rated any of them under four stars where mm-hmm. I think that like with the Wallflower series, like the first book is not my favorite. And whenever I have to do rereads, like I kind of dread a little bit. And I'm talking oh. about Lily and I and a lot of people get on me, but I just, I have a hard time. Interesting. I have a hard, I have a hard time with Lillian's book. Um, Wait, expand upon or that. Or not Lillian, I'm sorry. Not Lil- Lillian is the, is, uh, Lillian is, is Marcus. It happened one autumn. Um, yeah. Uh, who's, oh my gosh, God, what is Simon name? and, um, <laughs> oh, shit. Problem. Simon and, Simon and, oh God, it's on the tip of my tongue. I'm sure that you, people listening God. are like shouting Everyone's it and like, we're like, I don't know. Um, yeah. okay. Anyways, I'll find it, but expand Does, upon I that. I mean, that case, case in point, a case in point, that book is not important. Simon I can't and even Annabelle. fucking remember. There we go. Annabelle, yeah. Because <laughs> uh, it's Lillian, Daisy, and uh, Evie. Lillian, Daisy, yep. Annabelle. Okay. All right. So, yeah. No, so I, for me, I just, I, technically the trope in book one is enemies to lovers, marriage of convenience, like just a lot of, <laughs> a lot of like my favorite <laughs> historical tropes. But like, I just, it was to the point where like, this is going to sound like really weird because I also don't want this to sound derogatory at all for people who read bully romance, but like I felt like it was like the bully romance of all of the wallflower series. Like, I, I don't know, like, cause they really did it. I mean, she just, I, I don't know. I, the heroine wasn't as likable to me. I think that that just mm. at the end of the day, like that was really what it was. I didn't mind Simon, but like, I also didn't, I didn't feel like, other than giving us Marcus in that book, like, I don't really think that there was, like, anything else that was, like, uh, I don't know. Like, I feel like it definitely picked up in, like, the last 30 to 40% of the book. But, like, the first 
50 percent for i feel like that's that's exaggerating maybe like the first 25 30 percent was kind of a bore for me um Mm. i was just like kind of get let me get through it um but if i can skip it when i reread i do i'm not gonna lie uh but i do go back and i do like if i'm going to reread it i will always do audio i will typically not physically reread it just because like i really don't they're not my favorite um, but aside from that, all the other, like, I think the Hathaways, I feel like, um, uh, what's his name? Um, oof. I think it was book two. Why am so I do Ma- Mary Penn? Mary Penn? Mar- yeah. That one was also really difficult to get through. Mary Penn was a little, and I understood, I, like, I get it, but there were just too many feels in that one. Um, I was kind of over it. <laughs> like I was over the, the like <laughs> conflict, the romantic conflict. Um, Good. So, Lord. but again, I don't have those feelings about any of the Ravenel's books. Like I can't be mm-hmm. like, oh yeah, there was one person's book that I can pinpoint that like I don't enjoy reading or that I would skip over reading. Right. So that was a very long winded way to say clearly the Ravenel's I think are my favorite um it also wow. helps that sebastian and evie are in it a lot Ugh, so the best i think they're if we didn't best. have sebastian evie maybe i think my answer might change but yeah because we do get that and honestly west is like one of my all-time favorite like historical west romance men good. yeah um so yeah yeah okay all right <laughs> go the go ava <laughs> What's your oh answer gosh. to this I also, question? I just like I kind of were you thinking as I was talking? <laughs> I was trying to think, but like even as I'm trying to think, I like I can't come up with anything because I just genuinely I have a like I don't love about two books from each series, and so they're kind of like ranked equally for me because there's two books that and again I don't want to say like I dislike like I would go back and reread them if I was doing a full series reread they just wouldn't be the ones that I would like look forward to the most so it's really tricky um but I think I'm gonna say um even though they are like you said incestuous i'm like can i claim that as my answer too just be like it doesn't count no this sorry stupid question you know that the way around this is to answer the question first so that you get first dibs at the excuses for why you're not going to answer it the way you structured the question in the script ava um i do know the rules (laughs) too late a year into this (laughs) i know (laughs) um okay so i'm gonna say that wallflowers is my favorite, followed very, very, very closely by the Ravenels and then by the Hathaways. Just because the one Hathaway book is the one that I truly, like, genuinely cannot stand, and it's actually the one that I would kind of dread looking, like, getting to in my reread. So, uh, it's which, again, by can't stand, I mean, I gave it, like, a three-star. So it was by no means like a bad book. It was just not my favorite. Um, but we'll get into that later. That's a that's a question for down the road. Which of the books from all series, Steph, is like your your absolute favorite? And let's try to pick it to like three ish. This is very difficult. Um, I know. 
I know it is. It's also very difficult when an author has an extensive backlist. Um, okay, so I will pick one from each series. Perfect. Okay, so from um, the Wallflower series, obviously it's Devil in Winter for mm-hmm. very closely followed by um, It Happened One Autumn. And in all honesty... The only thing that edges it out is Sebastian Conter. Um, Sebastian, man. Um, Because I I oft, I very often do audio rereads of It Happened One Autumn Mm -hmm. just because that is like (laughs) such a delicious enemies to lovers story. Like it is, it is rich. It is so good. You are well fed. (laughs) If you are an enemies to lovers fan, like, oh, that Lillian and Marcus's story is just filet mignon. So good. Um, okay. Uh, in the Hathaway series, Love in the Afternoon is definitely a fave. Um, I really feel like any of, any of the characters that have like that love animals and animals are like a big <laughs> part of it. I just I love those stories. Um, and from the Ravenels, that one is so hard because I love Devlin. Um, or no, De- Devil in Spring, right? That's the one mm-hmm. in Ravenel's because De- Devil yep. in Winter is okay. So I love De- Devil in Spring mainly because of like just Sebastian content, obviously. Of but um, I think that the Devil's Daughter is my favorite because oh, obviously I love West. Um, I also love Dilfs, and West oh is a Dilf in that book. So, therefore, you can't go wrong. Plus, you get Sebastian content. You get Pandora content. Like, you get the whole, like, I just, I found that that one was honestly, that one was, like, the most lighthearted, even though, like, there's some heavy emotional baggage. But, like, I felt like it was the 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 one that, like, I laughed out loud reading it. I swooned. I like clutched the book to my chest multiple times just because like, <laughs> like there's something about like <laughs> the characters like Wes who like are reluctant, reluctant heroes, reluctant love interests. Like they really like, yeah. they don't like the whole um, Trojan cat like storyline where mm-hmm. he like, and then his relationship with the older son and like just like there's so much to unpack and to love about that book. Um, mm. Honestly, I think that that is my favorite. Um, again, Devil in Spring is a close second, but or Devil in whatever it is. And also, of course, Devil in Disguise is a very close third because you can't go wrong with a Scottish hero. So and of course, more <laughs> Sebastian content. So that is my that's that's my final answer. I'm locking it in. What about you? Alrighty. Um, well, I will work my way backwards and start with the Ravenels. Um, my favorite by far, by far, and I guess it's not that far because I also have a fierce love of Devil in Spring, especially the meat cute. That one is just, oh, it's perfect. It's perfection. But I flipping love Chasing Cassandra. Um, there's something about that book that just like makes my heart so happy and I think part of it is because I relate to Cassandra quite a bit um 
And also there's just something so interesting about Severin, who is the, he's the main character in that one. And he's definitely, um, oh God, what's the word? Oh, an asshole. Neurodivergent. He is an asshole. I'm just kidding. But... <laughs> Listen, well, he, so like, is Pandora, he... by the way. Like, um, uh, Pandora's a total asshole. Um, Pandora. Well, no, Pandora in uh, Lisa Claypaws is actually like it's canon, where she has said that like Pandora is definitely neurodivergent, as is um, as is Severin. That's yes. why they get along well, Severin so well. Is, Severin is clearly neurodivergent. Like, from the get-go. But I love, because, like, his brain does work so differently. And I feel like, it, you know, all of the all of the heroine, or heroes in Lisa Claypass, they're definitely, they're not necessarily cookie-cutter. But for the most part, the the tendency is typically that they're, they don't really have any interest in getting married. Mm-hmm. And so, therefore, they kind of approach love from, like, the same sort of path. Whereas Severin is not necessarily that he's, like, averse to getting married. He just... He genuinely doesn't get it. He's like, why he's would like, I, I gotta check this add box. this to I'm my life? Check this Literally, box. he's like, I'm gonna check the box. And <laughs> well, I just love that his whole life is like surrounding contracts and agreements, and like literally, like I'm gonna draft this paper, he's and you're gonna sign it. It's like a <laughs> like partnership agreement. Negotiating dogs. Agreement. <laughs> like, I know. <laughs> breeds that he will not so allow in his home. Funny, <laughs> but. No, it's yeah, so good. he's also I'm, a Dilf, by the way, in that book. So I mean, oh, he is a prime Dilf, accidental material. Dilf, but yeah, it's I true. Know. Reluctant Dilf, reluctant Dilf. <laughs> That's a, a new trope. New trope exactly. unlocked. Reluctant, reluctant Dilf. Dilf. Uh, yes, I love it. but it's true. He's it's a kink. so. Mm. Yeah. No, I'm obsessed. So. Oh, God. I don't want to, like, I really genuinely don't want to spoil this aspect of the book for anyone who hasn't read it. But at one point, um, one of the newspapers puts Cassandra on blast, basically. So all of London society sees her and goes, the gossip and everything. She's being ridiculed. And Severin's solution to this problem is by far and away the absolute fucking best. It is pure gold. I do not, I like... I like to think myself kind of creative, but I probably would have like, I don't know, come up with some like roundabout backdoor way to solve the problem. And Severin just like explodes through the front door to fix this problem. It is so good. So classic. Um, And I'm just, I'm obsessed with him. I also love the way that like, because he doesn't quite go by, you know, every play by everybody else's rules. He's has no interest in treating Cassandra. Like she's, like lower class or of a lower mental status just because she's a woman. Um, And so Mm -hmm. at one point he like starts like fixing pipes or something like a furnace is broken. He starts fixing it and she offers to help. And he's like, well, of course, like she has two hands. Like, why wouldn't she be a help? And of course everyone is like, Oh my God, my lady, you're like, you're covered in dirt, whatever. And Severin's like, why is this an issue? He doesn't get it. And it's just, it was so refreshing and interesting reading from his point of view. And the story is so good. It's so sexy. I just, uh, I can't, I really can't. It's, that's my favorite. I think it's my favorite. I think that it's definitely one of the most underrated one. Like, I think that a lot of people sleep on Chasing Cassandra for sure. I think that a lot of people don't talk about it. And I remember when, 
like so I used to like go hard with Avon books like in the sense like I always wanted to get those arcs um mm-hmm. it's so weird like everybody's like oh I want to get like these blockbuster books and meanwhile I'm like give me all the historical romance please mm-hmm. um like Tessa Dare Lisa Claypaw's like I want all of that yum 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 I want it um, but I remember the early reviews for Chasing Cassandra that a lot of people were hating on Severin. And I think that they no. just didn't get it. They didn't get it. And well, but also I also feel like the same thing with Cassandra. Like I feel like she was also not your cookie cutter heroine. Like she no. was plus size. She always talked about like eating what she wants, doing what she wants. And meanwhile, like she's, you know, on paper, she's exactly mm. what like meets every requirement that you would that someone in nobility would want to like marry into obviously but like you know her brain wasn't wired that way like she you know was all about like you know charity work and (laughs) taking in street urchins and like all that stuff like I mean she's just She's so I love uh, Pandora and Cassandra's characters like from book one in the Ravenel series um Mm -hmm. I, I loved and, and I will say that, like, as these books were coming out, I was personally, I was shocked when Pandora's book got announced because bef- I thought based on, you know, like their characters that Cassandra right. would have gotten her book first. Right. But the fact that Cassandra had to wait. <laughs> no, I think <laughs> like, it adds such an books. element to her. Yes, it was like, great. I, I mean, really, I loved that. Yeah. I it, loved it. It really worked in her favor. And again, I think mm-hmm. that's like, one of the things that I really love is that she's so, oh God, I want to like, okay, so she kind of stands out to me. I'm going to make a throne of glass metaphor, sort of like <laughs> a, a, um, an Irene amongst a bunch of like Aelins and Manons and Feyres. Like she's just like a, or I guess an Elite that works too. Just like a different type of heroine, still strong, still, you know, sticks to her guns when she needs to. But just because she isn't, you know, like bursting onto the scene, like in all her glory and making everything about and being kind of an attention hoe, I say this with all of my love <laughs> to the attention hoes. Like, I, I feel like she's just, she's a little softer and a little bit more tender. And that, it, but it's like so interesting and so well crafted. Um, and so at no point do I feel, I mean, I think she's like, obviously she's a little bit naive, but again, part of that is her like growing out of it and becoming like more developed and everything. And so her, 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 um, her not pitfalls, but like the, the parts of her that I would critique, they serve to like make her better as a person, as opposed to just like piss me off. Cause sometimes that happens. If you have an author who, you know, gives a character a certain, trait and then they don't handle it with skill sometimes you're like okay now I'm just annoyed I don't really feel bad for them I'm just irritated and that is like not the case Mm -hmm. at all with Cassandra so definitely people are sleeping on this book it makes me really sad please give some love to my my children I love them so much to pieces um in terms of the Hathaways my technical answer is love in the afternoon as well but since steph already said it i'm actually gonna make her laugh and say seduce me at sunrise which is mara penn's book everyone knows that i don't need all of the immediate action and i love the pining and i love the angst and that book totally delivers on both of those things um was mara penn probably the most emo of all of lisa claypass's heroes yes was i thriving for it 
absolutely this was like take me back to like 14 year old ava reading like old ya paranormal where all the boys were like oh i'm just i'm not good enough for you and that was their whole shtick oh god it's just it's perfect Mwah, chef's kiss um mm-hmm. and then yeah i'm also gonna reiterate devil and devil in winter for the hathaways sebastian so is fascinating um unapologetic and so sexy so i mean the epitome I of love. anti-hero like straight up like it's villain true. era just morally gray you're gonna get it all and you're gonna yep. get a whole like character yep. growth um totally. and it's also really one of the things that i also just love and again eat up with the continuation of these stories even off the page is that like you see like you know sebastian as a younger adult or just in his younger days and then of course you get to the raven l series where he's popping up and you're seeing his kids and it's kind of like oh they're following in their dad's footsteps um but also like when he makes mention of like you know his seedier days and like that kind of thing like it's 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 almost like oh yeah i remember i remember that sebastian well like um it's like an inside joke like i love that and um i went to an event that lisa did for um is it hello stranger the one uh it was um garrett's book um yeah, that's hello stranger uh, yeah um when that book released um which honestly, it was like so, like that was like one of the best book events that I ever went to, uh, like signing events because, uh, or I guess bookstore events, like because she was like talking about her process and she was talking about like her inspiration uh, for Garrett and like how you know she comes up with all these names and da, 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 and like how she visualizes all these characters and she that was also when she was talking about because at that point we didn't know who the next book was. Mm-hmm. And um, she was talking about Severin because a lot of people thought that Severin and um, I think Severin and Garrett, I feel like that like there was like a, oh, a random ship yeah. that was happening in within the air quotes fandom because I mean, it's really not, but like in the Raven Elves fandom um, that people were really <laughs> shipping Garrett with Severin. I'm fairly certain that it was Garrett. And, um, like, she kind of was addressing this at her event. Um, but ah. she was also talking about how um, she will always want or be willing to write within, like, the same air quotes universe because, like, there, like there's so much potential. Um, uh-huh. Like, times change, obviously, even within the Regency era and, like, you know... She loved, like, I mean, a hello. She wrote about a female doctor <laughs> in Victorian England. Right. It was like, that's not that, you know, uh, that, that wasn't written about really um, or discussed or whatever. So anyways, but she did mention that she would always be willing to write about the Wallflower kids. So I'm hoping that we're going to get more Fingers because, I mean, fucking she, right? they're still kids. Fox. Yeah, she, I mean, Where she. The fuck hello, is we still haven't book? gotten Raphael. We haven't gotten Raphael's book yet. Who is like the last uh, Shallon kid? Um, <laughs> well, of course, with the exception of, of course, the younger, younger ones um, mm-hmm. that are Sebastian Evie's kids, and then of course we're now with Lillian and Marcus's kids, and um, 
it seemed like she was kind of opening the door for um it totally for Merritt's did. brother in the devil in disguise so i mean sky's the limit i'm i'm here for it i will continue to request and want it i will throw all of my dollars and pennies at lisa claypass as long as she keeps writing it but we just haven't gotten any like book announcements from her in a while I since know. I'm so in disguise which is it. fucking rude 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 it's rude so it is the most rudest actually <laughs> i'm not okay for anyone who thinks that i'm okay the answer is no <laughs> This is why I keep going back and I reread because I just, yeah. yeah. I mean, there are some amazing historical romance authors and series out there. Like, do not get me wrong. But, like, (laughs) just, I feel like Claypass, like, she just doesn't miss. Like, she's just. It's true. Despite what I've said, like, obviously there are some books that I like more than others. But, like, she just doesn't miss. Yeah. And some, like, even, like, Bridgerton. Like, I love the Bridgerton series, but there are some that I'm like, I don't care. I don't need to reread this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not going to go back and read yeah. it more than once. Um, yeah. So, anyways. Yep. Yeah. Yep, 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 yep. I, no, I literally, I think about, like, just, I shouldn't do it. I know it makes me an asshole, but... <laughs> I don't care because I would have killed <laughs> for Shonda Rhimes to have picked up Lisa Claypass over Julia Quinn. I would have I killed. But you know what, though? Here's the thing. Here's the thing. In all honesty, I feel like the one book that would have been within Shonda's wheelhouse is, or series is definitely Bridgerton. I think that there is plenty of stuff, but I would have, I would have hated Hey, I would rather my favorite series never get picked up for adaptations than for it to be ad- adapted and not done to the best of what I think mm-hmm. could be done. Because that's how I feel like with I know that a lot of people love Bridgerton season two and and the second book in the Bridgerton series is like one of my all time faves. Yeah. And I did not like what they did. And I. I completely understand that there are creative liberties that need to happen within Hollywood, um, that not everything translates to screen. And of course, within Shonda, like Shondaland, like everything is drama. But like, oh, like I just I I was so disappointed. I am in the the camp of disappointed uh, from season two. I know a lot of people loved Mm -hmm. it. I'm not going to rain on your parade. I'm glad that people love it and that people are continuing to watch it so that we get more. But it's just to the point where, like, I'm not even excited about future seasons. And I would hate for that to happen with, like, a Lisa Claypass. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? Okay. Like, I mean, it, it could be adapted, but maybe not Shonda. Maybe not Shonda. Like, just not Shonda Land. Like, maybe another, like, like, if they're actually going to, like, like, how, like, Downton Abbey. Like, you know what I mean? Like, there are other period <laughs> productions. Right. I just... Maybe like Apple TV, like somebody else. We don't, we don't, we don't need Shonda. Like Shonda HBO. can speak with Bridgerton. Right. Anybody, anybody right yeah. now. Uh, maybe not HBO because you saw what they did with Game of Thrones. So um. that's true. Well, I blame D&D for that or Benioff and that's Weiss. That's true. So yeah. I don't blame HBO. HBO that's literally true. offered them HBO the just funded that it. they needed. <laughs> they just funded it. They didn't. Benioff and Weiss were like, no. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Anyway. Anyway, no, I I see what you mean, though. I would hate for them to be bungled. So, okay, I guess that's allowed. 
Um, <laughs> okay, so I know that we just said that she never misses, but let's talk about her misses. Obviously, we've said that all of her books are like fucking amazing, but we've also expressed that there are some that we are not entirely in favor of. So you have mentioned Secrets of a Summer Night and Married by or Seduce Me at Sunrise. Any others that are kind of misses for you that you just don't get as excited about when you do your rereads? I mean, obviously, uh, the, the first Wallflowers book, a couple of the Hathaways books, I could do without. Um, Which ones? Be specific. <laughs> well, no, I mean, just primarily Maripens. Um, and to be perfectly honest, I feel like the Hathaway series has the most skimmability. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> you will? Uh, you know that like that I think is a perfect example of like not everyone needs a book or we could have <laughs> like kind of like Black Dagger Brotherhood where you have multiple like storylines happening in the same book uh, mm-hmm. like it could still be focused on one person but like it's multiple like you know threads right. happening like I think that that's what needed to happen with the Hathaway series I don't think that I mean granted I will never say I will never speak ill of love in the afternoon but aside from mm-hmm. that, really, I, I, yeah, not, none of them I feel extraordinarily compelled to go back and reread. And I don't necessarily think that that's, again, a, a sign of a miss. I just think that in, if you are comparing it to the other books and other series, I feel like it's like the weakest one. Um, mm-hmm. And I could be in the minority there, but I, 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 there were a lot of, there were a lot of like, great moments and entertaining things and feels and steamy stuff but like mm, <laughs> yeah um so i would say that and if i have to be extraordinarily critical of the raven oh, wow. series here we go i would say that garrett's book is probably my least favorite of yeah. all of the ravenel's books and it's only because i feel like it felt a little long um, yeah. more than anything. It wasn't that I wasn't interested in Garrett's story because I was, and I do love, I do love Garrett, uh, in the books. Um, but I just like, it got to the point where I was like, okay, are we done yet? Okay. I get <laughs> it. You are strong, independent and don't need no man. I get it. Um, but girl, <laughs> can we be done? Like literally he's yeah. trying to make sure that you don't die. Uh, yeah. could you please like, yeah, sometimes you just have to dial it down. Like, you're not a damsel in distress, but, like, he. this is literally his job. Right. Like, why? Uh, right. Yeah. It's so, not yeah, like so I he's would say. protecting you from, like, gossip. Like, he's right. protecting like, you from, like, assassination attempts. Like Literally, he's oh, not girl. like, oh, you can't protect yourself. He's like, let me help you protect you. Like, right. I know you got this, but, girl, I got the tools to succeed. Like, you just have, like, your cane and your scalpel, child. Like, oh, my gosh. But, yeah, so I would say that that's the one that I'm the most critical of. Yeah. is Garrett's book but even so I still obviously thoroughly enjoy it and mm-hmm. still read it read through it mm-hmm. um because I do love a good like um nursing him back to health story <laughs> right like, I I do love that um but yeah and obviously you guys know my my issues with book one and in, in the wallflowers so what about you what do you what did you find as Mrs so 
the the Hathaway book that specifically bothers me is Married by Morning because I just cannot stand Leo. I have never found him to be particularly <laughs> I, we, compelling. We just we're gonna agree uh, to disagree because in all honesty, like I get it. He's a fucking man child. I understand. I get it. I understand where you're coming from, but no. Okay. Yeah, no, I just don't find I it charming. Love Leo. I was just like, bro, I love shut Leo. the fuck up. But I think I also just love like a governess, like story in historical like I, I don't know uh meanwhile I just I he is don't a fucking typically love governess <laughs> stories but yeah okay no, so that just, explains a it. lot that explains I was over but it. I will say I no, hello West is like the Leo of I know like, no right I know now. but West is so but much like, more charming to me no, Leo's he annoying he he's like a little no, kid knocking over no, like toy blocks I'm just like shut the fuck up a fucking big bro. Like, I, frat yeah, boy. No, I'm like, just, just, I can't. I understand I can't. where you're coming from, okay? I, I get it. I just, I don't buy it. I just, I'm trying to prevent <laughs> you from from having more Leo slander, okay? I mean, it's not really right. slander if it's I'm true, done but now. I'm, I'm done now. Okay, all right, okay. Um, <laughs> What else? Yeah, but no, What else am I going to be crying about? Um, <laughs> Let's see. Well, I'm just, I'm co-signing on Hello Stranger. Um, I just... I yeah I you kind of you settled everything that I really had to say about that book so I'll just leave it at that um I find Scandal in Spring which is the last of the Wallflowers books to be just like forgettable like there's nothing wrong with it I just like can't remember anything about it so eh um and then the one that I really no, I, get it. <laughs> I don't that wanna, one like, was I, I think I think yeah well did you read the um did you read the Christmas novella with the brother? I didn't, and I wanted oh. to, but my okay. bad. Okay. It's fine. All right. So you'll need to read and report back. Cause, okay. Because I, I do consider that as part of the Wallflower series, so that's why I was just Got curious. it. Got it. Um, I will do that. A Wallflower Christmas is what it's called or something like that? I think so. I think so. Anyway, moving on. Um. <laughs> But the one that the the Ravenel's book that pops up in my mind when I'm like, oh God, no, is Cold Hearted Rake, which is the first oh. in the Ravenel's books. Uh, I let it which go. Made me, okay, I let it go. All right. It made me so sad because like this was like the introduction to the Ravenel's and stuff was like the Ravenel's, and then I read that and I was like, oh, like I kind of felt like it Secrets of a Summer Nighted Me, where I was like, it's not that bad, but like I don't. I don't feel it's the strongest. And then the second one is marrying Winterborn and I fucking love marrying Winterborn. So it automatically <laughs> like reset everything for me. Um, but my, my, one of my least favorite tropes, least favorite tropes is when some guy like makes up a family curse basically. And I don't want to say oh. that, you know, <laughs> That West and a fucking, I don't even remember his name. What's his name? It's like Declan. It's not Declan. It's, it's not Dilf. Dylan. Devin. 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 Oh my God. Wow. You were so fucking close. But like, I feel like you were also like (laughs) intentionally fucking up his name. You're like, yeah, fuck that guy. Fuck that guy. Because you were so close to his name. I feel like that was intentional. That's rude. Uh. I no, I I do feel bad, and again, and in no way, shape, or form do I want to undermine um, 
survivors of abuse, which the main heroine is a survivor. So in no way, shape or form do I want to undermine her story. But Devin's whole shtick is he comes onto the scene and he refuses to get married because his family has been cursed, quote unquote, with bad temper, which is so fucking funny to me because West is literally the most charming guy ever. I feel like he got <laughs> angry like maybe twice in the entire like world of the Raven Elves. And Devin, but he processes his his sad. He difference. does process it, and <laughs> and then Devin, what's his face? Like when he gets mad, what's his face? You just said his name. Why'd you? You're so mean. <laughs> Whatever. I don't Devin, care what's him. his face? That's like Mikhail, whatever his name. <laughs> well, it's true, okay? So okay. Devin, what's his face? He comes onto the scene and he's like, we get so Ravenel, so... Devin Ravenel, it's in the fucking series. It's so dangerous. No, I'm talking. I'm telling them why he sucks. <laughs> okay. God. I'm just setting you straight. I just, uh, you know, you're, you're going to talk shit. Talk shit correctly. I am going to talk uh, shit. He just like, uh, he literally so walks up and he's you. like, every, no, I'm serious. You literally, he's, no, but I just love that you're like, Shh, fuck Leo. I'm like, oh my God. You're like, fuck Devin. <laughs> <laughs> like, literally. Listen, it's like I if I were to say thoughts. fuck Tarquin, fuck no. Therian, fuck all the water boys. No. <laughs> fuck Sebastian. From the Little okay. Mermaid. <laughs> oh God, no! I thought you meant like fuck Sebastian Saint. I mean, Vincent. but I mean, yes, fuck but him I for would, real. But we would but, like, right? Please, fuck the Vinta, Yeah, anyway. thank you. Uh, <laughs> uh, anyway, <laughs> that's another episode. Uh, <laughs> that is another episode. Um, oh my God! No, so all I'm saying is that it just bothers me when the hero is like, "Oh, I'm so." Awful. And literally his his rage will manifest when it's like people are being blatantly sexist to like punch someone who would be a would-be rapist. And I'm like, I'm sorry, but I don't think that... I mean, violence is never the answer. And also, like, if you're going to punch anyone, it may as well be a rapist. So what's what's the situation? And he, like, never gets mad over any, like... I don't know, domestic scenario, which is where the problems arise. So it's just like, what is happening here? Anyway, <laughs> it wasn't so impressive. irrationally it angry about I Devin I'm like over Leo. I'm, like, yeah, sorry. I would let you go on a whole 10 minute tirade about Leo and I would just sit here like nodding and being like, okay, I get it. But Deb, listen. He is a victim of his circumstance. <laughs> like he is, he, he had a terrible, terrible set of parents. Like, te- I mean, so did fucking yeah, Kathleen. Like just, and again, West is only endearing because of how he processes his, his baggage. Like, de- like I understand, I get it. I also agree with you though. I think that these like, Cause the same thing happened in Bridgerton with Anthony, like where he had the yeah. whole like curse where he felt that like all the men in his family only lived to whatever age. And like, he just, you know, was doomed. Then it becomes just a self-fulfilling prophecy. Cause you're just like it throwing does. your life away. I totally get it. I get it. And in all honesty, at the same time, like the, usually the first book of a series is the one that you just have to get through <laughs> to yeah. get to all the other good ones. So I mean, it's like the I prequel, understand the unfortunate the pre- prequel that sets everything up. 
Just and, like sometimes you have like the yeah. second book curse in a trilogy. Exactly. Like, sometimes where you're you have the like, first oh. book curse. Where I mean, true. It's fine. It's but fine. it's fine. It's fine. I'm just going to try to forget everything that you said about yeah. Devin. Okay, well. I love him. Because he like... definitely redeems himself as the series goes on. He does. No, I actually, I actually really love Kathleen and Devin in all of the books except for their own. So. Because yeah. I, I especially... I especially loved Devin in West's book where he's like making fun of West basically for like, he's like, wait a minute, like go out. He's like, obviously you have a crush on this girl. Like what the fuck is wrong with you? Uh, and he's like trying to snap him out of it. And there's like a whole scene, the most, I think one of the most memorable scenes other than of course, like anything with West, but like was in, in there in the study Mm-hmm. And I think West gets his fingers stuck, like, in the, like, teacup, like, in the, and he ends up, like, flinging it out the window. <laughs> like, just, <laughs> anyways, yeah, so I just, it, that just reminded me of that. Anyways, okay. All right. So nobody's going to talk shit about uh, the Raven Elves is all I'm saying. Not on my watch. Not on my watch. Oh, my God. <laughs> talking shit about the Raven Elves. Uh, Sorry. Anyway, I just spent okay. like an hour talking shit about the Raven Elves. Anyway. All right. We're going to close out this episode before I really piss stuff off. Yeah. Um, and I'm closing it out with a little fuck, Mary kill, but for book series as opposed to like characters. Um, mm-hmm. So basically, which one would you want in your life for a short amount of time? Which one would you end? And then which one do you want to keep around forever? So fuck Mary Kill Bridgerton, Girl Meets Duke, and Ravenels. Um we're going to kill the Bridgertons. We're going to fuck the Girl Meets Duke, and then we're going to marry the Ravenels. Okay, it's not fun when we have the same fucking answer stuff. So can you please change your mind? No, I cannot. I cannot change my mind. Once again, you put the ball in my court first. You can't be mad if I score. Okay. Um, All I'm saying is that, well, I'll give you my reason. Our reasons will be different. I think that the main reason is because once again, with the Bridgertons, as I mentioned before, while there are some that I love, there are also some that I genuinely do not give a fuck about. Mm-hmm. Um, and unfortunately, most of them are the younger ones, with the exception of Francesca. I love Francesca's book. I know a lot of, like, I'm in the minority there. I think a lot of people don't like Francesca's book. Um, that would be but, me. correct. Yeah, which is so <laughs> weird. Like, I just, I love Francesca's book. A lot of people hate it. I don't get it. But it's fine. It's fine. Anyways, no one can dirty talk like Michael can. I'm just, I'm so mad at everyone who hates him. Um, but yeah, and the girl meets Duke, like I, I'm obsessed with them, but also like, I feel like they would be good for a good lay, but I just don't know if I can handle them for the rest of my life. Cause they're all man children as well. And I love that they're endearing and I love them, but like too much. Um, but I would want to be friends with all the heroines for sure. Um, Mm -hmm. like I would want to be a part of that friend group. Um, but yeah, the Ravenels again, no misses. I would bang or marry any of of the females or men, including Devin, who Ava does not like. Well, we can, you know, he can, someone has to hold the camera. So. (laughs) Wow. Okay. (laughs) It's fine. Okay, Okay. so that wraps up that episode. 
I hate my conclusions. I'm literally just so like, that okay, we're wraps done. Up I'm that. fucking done okay. with it. <laughs> I'm over it. Fuck I, Devin Ravenel. That is like the that's the final I came, that she's I saw, I shot Fuck upon Leo Devin, Hathaway. Everything that you needed to know. Anyways, it's fine. Another friendship is going to come to a close as with this episode. Um Anyways, thanks for hanging in there, everybody. And if you, um, you know, haven't yet read any of the series that we've talked about, what are you waiting for? Please go and <laughs> get you yeah, some. Please do it. And you report it. back. Um, in all honesty, I feel like the audiobooks for the Ravenel series, pretty good. Wallflower's so pretty good. good. So uh, in all honesty, like, you really don't have an excuse. Uh, and come back, report back, let us know. And if you are a fan of all of the above, drop a comment, let us fucking know. Like, we would also like to fangirl with you. We want to hear it. Yes. And as always, make sure to follow us across socials. Fantastic Pod on Instagram. Our website is fantasticpod.com. You can also check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash fantastic. <laughs> My dog is being an asshole. Um, and yeah, that's all I've got. Ava, what about you? Don't let the hard <laughs> days win. That's right. Or Thanks Devin. so much for listening. Oh my God, okay. you're so rude. Well, it is what it is. We've been. Anyways, right. whatever. Bye, everybody. Bye. <laughs>